Hey, welcome to episode 34 of Defy the Norm. So normally I try to do Saturday solo cast, but we had such an exciting week on the ranch this week, uh, raising our own chickens and killing our chickens and processing them. And it was really, I can laugh about it now, but it was really hard for me to watch. But so I'm going to bring on Victor and Danny because they did the majority of it. I just handled the video recording and the organization. And so let's let's talk chickens. To inspire you to boldly and unapologetically live outside the box, dream big, and question everything. This is the Defy the Norm podcast with nomads with a purpose. So here we go, sitting down uh, with Danny. He's gonna tell us all about what it's like to raise chickens because I thought, oh, raising chickens, it's gonna be so easy. We just go to the farm stand and pick up some baby chicks and three months later, you kill them, no big deal. Cause you know, right now everybody's talking about self-sustainability and how important it is to be able to either hunt or grow or raise your own food. So we thought, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's have some land and raise chickens. But let me tell you, raising chickens is not easy at all. So Danny, you ended up, little did you know that you were going to be the chicken raise, raiser. Yeah. Raiser, is that the right word? The chicken, chicken mama. <laughs> <laughs> the, the chicken, the chicken godfather. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I don't know how, uh, when we got the chickens, did you realize that you were going to be that person that was going to have to, or do you think that you just naturally were drawn to doing this role? Uh, I feel like you guys came home and said, oh, we're going to pick up a few chickens. And he got back and we had like 40 chickens. And I didn't want to process it at the time. I'm like, I didn't want to process it because in my head I was going, that is stupid that you bought that many chickens. <laughs> um, so I didn't process it until I finally had to go over. I didn't even see them at first. I, I went over after three or four days because at that point, you guys were going to leave, or not you guys, Uncle Mike was going to leave, and he needed me to go over with the chickens because I had to take care of them for pretty much five weeks. Yeah, straight. so to give you context, uh, we live right next door to my uncle, but combined with his property and my, our property, it's like 80 acres and we pretty much kind of share the space. Um, and so the chickens are actually at his house, but you have to walk about a half mile to get to the chickens that are at his house. So Danny walks over and we have egg layers. We already had a dozen egg layers that we've been taking care of. And the funny thing is, is that my uncle is about as um, ADD and obsessed with travel as I am. And so always we're gone. always gone. We like get on our calendars all the time. <clears throat> and it's like, okay, well, when are you here? When, I, when, are you, when are you gone? And it makes it really hard to raise animals when you're never here. Luckily, Danny doesn't love to travel as much. Uh, so he ends up staying back and taking care of these chickens. But yes, so the chickens, we get 30 chickens, 40 chickens. Some of them were egg yeah. layers, but we had 34 meat, meat chickens, Cornish hens. Is that right? 
Yes, I believe they were Cornish hen breed based on everything I read. Because as soon as once he handed that off to me, I realized I don't know how to make to raise these. I mean, we'd raised a few before, but those were a completely different breed. With whole, these ones had their whole other uh, pile of issue issues and things that you had to do for them. I, and I okay, well, I think the problem came is that we got them in April. Well, April in Montana. It's, it's pretty much crazy. winter. Yeah, you. We still like. I think one day we had a little bit of snow. And so Danny had. So we built this whole other extension because the chickens that were the egg layers couldn't be mixed with these baby meat chickens, and so they built a whole other extension, got another little hen house. The problem is, is that these chickens grew so fast, and it's rainy and cold and muddy that every day he'd have to go and put them in their in their hen house. They couldn't go in and out by themselves. They first they were too little, then they became too fat. So he would have to like every night put 34 chickens in a hen house where yeah. there was no room. There, like eventually yeah. it was standing room only, right? Yeah, I I mean I can you guys probably have like, you know, you know how you have like a a bathtub shower, so like roughly the size of a bathtub. Imagine that space. Little chicks, but you have See, the exact number was 33, I think. 33 little chicks that all have to live in there with food and water. And they can go outside sometimes, but most of the time they can't. Especially those first two weeks, they could not really go outside because it was probably like 45 degrees outside, maybe 50. Um, so they go outside just, they would only go outside those first few weeks when I had to clean up the pen. And let me tell you, they, so it was really poop management was your job. The there was the first month was, yeah, mostly poop management. Okay, yeah, we're just summing up. It was pretty much poop management because then you have to move them out, clean it out. Poop gets in the water, gets in their food. Oh, like oh keeping gosh. them warm with enough lights. The lights would constantly break. I actually found like I went there. One of them had broken, and then the other one exploded right next to me. I thought it was gonna. <laughs> The, the light, not the, the light. chicken. The, no. <laughs> and then on top of it. We kept fetting them. Yeah, they would have. We thought they were going to take three months before they'd be ready for slaughter. And like after seven weeks, these chickens were so fat that we were like, we can't wait any longer. But before I tell you about the really exciting part of uh, actually killing them, where, which is where we'll bring Victor in. The hardest part of all of this was that not all of them made it to the slaughter phase. We lost quite a few along the way. And the first one or two that we lost, it was like, oh, okay. It was a freak accident. Or but then they got Then what happened was like three weeks ago, uh, one couldn't walk. And we're like, hmm, that's weird that it can't walk. And so you research and you're like, oh, it might have some disease, right? It might have a disease or... They, those ones so often apparently have just like their bones don't set up right because they're growing so fast that their bones cannot keep yeah. up with them. Yeah, and at first we were like, well, which is it? Is the disease or because they were in small space that their bones didn't keep up? And so just to be safe, Danny isolated one. Like we're literally ran, it was COVID chicken. We had to put one in isolation, right? We started with one we in isolation. Quarantined. Yeah. He quarantined it. Well, but then we couldn't tell. So apparently it manifests for several weeks in them. Half of that time, by the way, they can spread it before they show symptoms. Yeah, so I'm like, which ones have it? And then 
It gets if you worse. follow me long enough, you kind of know where I stand on all that other part in the world. So I'm like, oh my goodness, now we're having to do chicken isolation, and now it's asymptomatic asymptomatic chickens. This is ridiculous. So in that time, more chickens started not being able to walk, and eventually you had yeah, I had four, four up there at the max um, before we finally decided. One morning we we went up and one of them was dead. One of them had been stepped on by another big chicken and its neck was, uh, I don't know how many degrees this was, but like past its shoulder. So about 100 degrees Yeah, 100 the wrong degrees, way. the wrong way. Um, not 99, not 99 degrees. I have no idea. All I know is it was turned too far to the left. <laughs> Danny, um, we, we have to laugh because Danny's like always numbers. He used to, as a little kid, say like, I think there's a 36.5% chance that um, that's not going to work or there's going to be rain or... Anyway, so yes, it was in the wrong direction, never a good thing. And then, okay, not joking, like how horrible was it to raise, like you nurtured these chickens three times a day, you'd go and care for there them. There were, yeah, there was the several weeks where I checked three times a day because just because I didn't feel like being up there for two hours at a time each time. And like I'd have to three times a day be cleaning out their food or food and water to replace it with new because they shit in it or they maybe they drank all of it. Um, it was it was ultimately Cornish hens are like a pain in the ass to raise apparently, but but the setup did not help. And days where it rained were just the Miserable. biggest headache for me. Yeah. So okay, and then we get to slaughter. So we lost a few chickens along the way. I think we lost a total of eight. Right. Yeah, eight. Eight or maybe I think it was eight. Um, we had 25. I think there were 33 to begin. So we left, lost eight or nine. And yeah. that part was a little bit hard. At first, you just like, oh, I'm just going to bury him. Okay, now I'm just throwing him in the trash. We had a, happened to have to burn some uh, wood on our property. One got, a couple of them got put in the fire. It was, it was like, it was a little intense. That part was disturbing enough. Then it was slaughter day. Oh my goodness. I thought, how is Danny going to handle this? Because... He's so attached. It's not that you were attached. You just nurtured them more than I could have ever fathomed nurturing a chicken. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of, there was a lot of, I guess people would use the word doting, but you know what? I'd be up there and it'd be like nine o'clock. I'm like, I just want to go back. But I'm like, well, what if I uh, adjust this light here? This might reduce the risk that they're going to break it. Or let me fill up this extra water thing just in case they... This one that can't seem to walk needs one that's closer. And, you know, like, those 15 minutes, I think to myself, like, if I spend an extra 15 minutes, will that decrease the chance of one of them die, like, of death by, like, 1%? Then it's sure. So it's you know it. how on podcasts I talk a lot about uh, personality types? Danny is a logistician, an I-S-T-J, which means he's an overthinker. But what happened, or what was I thought was kind of cool that happened, is he became an overfeeler. So we think that these logisticians, with all their uh, analyzing numbers and stuff, makes them cold-hearted. I'm here to tell you, they have huge hearts. They just they're they're overthinking, and so you know. Also, that Victor and I have totally different personality types. Well, let me just tell you, his ISFJ on Slaughter Day shined so what? he's dying to tell him no, about this. no 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 he got to 
you know, we might have these these uh, podcasts about like, oh, travel, it's so stressful. I don't know how to like adapt fast enough. Let me tell you, when it comes to slaughtering chickens, Victor adapted like I have never seen anybody adapt. He was born for this. Did you say I was born for it? Come on. He steps up and like, ooh, okay, well, what are we going to do? Boom, grabs the knife. Let's go. Grabs the chicken. That you have to see on YouTube the videos that we put. He's like holding the chickens by the feet, knife in one hand, shoving their head in the cone. Not that he's heartless or anything. It's just he's like, this is the job. This is what we do. I'm a defender. I defend my family. Thank you, God's for God for providing me chickens. But it's it's go time. Was it kind of like that? Yeah, it was just exactly like that. Actually, I mean, but, but <laughs> I you know. Uh, I'd never done that. I've always heard my grandmother, my great grandmother talk about stories about working on the ranch in Mexico and how she would prepare her chickens. And in, in general, they would, it was one chicken at a time when it was time to eat. They'd, she'd grab by the neck, spin it, put it down, chop off the head. And so it was a little bit different ex- experience um, from, a, from what I think that experience is because the chicken goes into the cone and it's in a lot of ways personal and so i watched uh, uncle mike do the first one and i was like okay well okay well this is what we raise these for and so i pick up the first chicken and i'm like okay you got to say a little prayer like thank you i we took care of you it, it's time and uh, uh and, and in the in the end it was very helpful that uh, you were processing all of these chickens i'm like okay well this is like biology class here we go <laughs> yeah so I have a, you know, a problem with uh, how much emasculation is happening in the world today. And I got to tell you, like between my uncle and my husband and my son, I think it was like a, a whip it out type, type uh, ego trip where like, all right, I'm going to, I'll kill this one. No, no, no. I, I got this one. I got this one. And they were just like a well-oiled machine killing chickens. I'm just saying my two cents is that <laughs> all men should kill chickens. Uh, I mean, women can kill, kill them too, but it was just like, it was such a primal experience. And I'm laughing about it, you guys, if you see in the YouTube, like, oh, well, we didn't record my face. We should have got your face more. My face was just like, ew, gross. I think you touched. This is so I th- sad. I think you touched a chicken at some point, right? Touched? Yeah. I, I touched one, like, once it was dead and I had to, like, bag For it. For my mom, like, once it's, once the feet, are, once the feathers, the organs, the feet, and the head are off, she's like, okay, it's just so, like what well, I Yeah, once it, once it looks like it was, in, it could be in a store, a store? which was ultimately yeah. the goal when I was, when I was processing it, like, let's make it look like it, it's in the store, let's do all the cuts, exactly like it, and you hand it, then all of a sudden. But I think there's this disconnect from... People forget that what you see under cellophane started off that way. Now, it might have been processed in a mass factory, and so there, in some ways, less uh, less emotion connected, but it all comes from the same place. So I think the fact that I knew Daniel took care of these chickens so well, it did warm my heart at the time of processing. Yeah, so I'm going to take you step by step real quick. You really should click over if you're not too grossed out by this whole thing um is how it works is so they literally you know danny would take the chicken from the from the coop coop, thank you bring it to a cage get it ready you know it's like in line it's like at disneyland i'm in line okay it's in it's in this cage then victor goes over opens the cage grabs the chicken by its feet walks it over to our like processing station that we set up that was very well set up, I have to say, by my son and Uncle Mike. I was pretty impressed. They take the head, 
and they like stick it down the cone. This cone. The only thing is, some of our chickens were too fat to fit <laughs> in the cone, and so mm. some of them they would just have to hang from um, the two by four. That's I don't across, recommend that one. That's across sawhorses, but for the most part, they'd go in the in the in the cone. You'd leave it in the cone for a couple minutes so that kind of the blood would pull to its head and it would kind of, it would resist less. Um, Victor even got to a point where he'd tie a noose around the neck so that when the head got kind of stuck in the cone, you could kind of pull the noose to like stretch out the neck, which was actually a good strategy, I have to say. Very, very good thinking on that. <laughs> Real nice. Problem solving. And then he, you know, you'd have to pull the head, pull the head out, and then you cut along the carotid artery, and then it would bleed out. And I'd like, this seems so inhumane, but it's actually the most humane way to do it, right? To bleed out? I mean, I I suppose potentially the most humane could be uh, still beheading, which was sort of the origin, right? Because it's so fast, it's done. Um, The challenge becomes there is that if you do it that way, uh, the blood the chicken is still full of blood, right? And then you're dealing with all that during the processing. And then because you do it so abruptly, it creates an impact where the feathers don't want to come out. That's right. So before I go through the next steps, like Victor and Uncle Mike did most of those, but Danny, tell me about things because you did step up at Venture and say, I got to kill one, even though it was... Um, Yeah, they were saying, oh, kill kill these last two. And I was like, fine, whatever. I've already (laughs) done all part, every part, other part of the process, whatever. And I did it. Um, How know. hard was it? Because I couldn't do it. I couldn't get myself. It was only hard, like, the first few seconds. I'm like, oh, I have to hold it a little tighter. And then, you know. I feel like there's this spot, like, with childbirth and with, like, just raising kids where you mentally just know, like, you just don't think about it and you just have to do it. Well, yeah. It's so kind of like, you, after the first half hour when we were processing, um, I kind of managed to, like, turn off a switch where I go from, you know, like, there's this part of you that, like, thinks about a thing and feels about a thing. Yeah. And then like you just find the switch where you're like, I'm just gonna turn that. Yeah, because I was saying off. you're an overthinker, so that's what I was thinking. You had to probably just get your brain. No, to I just got numb to, like... to it. I was like, well, there was the body. Actually the big thing is like, um once it's dead, you just don't look at the head. Like if you stare at the head too long, then it then it gets yeah. then it bothers you. Oh yeah, you. that's a little tidbit, you know, when you once you do all the deplucking and Robin will get into this, um, before you start processing. First thing I do is cover the head as I remove the neck, cover so the you eyes, don't have to look. and remove the neck. And all of a sudden, you start to remove the neck. And you're like, okay, this is it's true. time to get to get this ready. So between then moving the neck, you you have two parts that were kind of interesting that you want because getting the feathers out, if you have to manually do it, that's kind of a pain. So we had rented this tumbler, and it's, it looks like a washing machine with a bunch deep of plucker. Oh, okay, sorry, deep plucker with like tooth toothpicks sticking into the washing machine tub kind of rubber toothpicks kind of so you dunk the chicken in uh, about 150 degree water for like 10 seconds and then you go stick it in this de-plucker tumbler and you it spins for about 30 seconds and like all the feathers pretty much come out except for the last few and so they plucked them we really we didn't bring the younger kids up until the last two because i didn't know well one they were just lazy and didn't get out of bed early enough and two they i didn't know how they were going to handle it and at first it was like ew gross i want to turn yes right? so little, yeah go ahead danny uh, tazi came up ah she screamed you know um and freaked out for about one minute and then yeah. like in this transition of 30 seconds she went from sc- screaming like this is horrible to 
Can I de-gut it? She wanted to do everything. And now Stop was... it. You're not de-gutting it. <laughs> so once you get that that part off, the feathers are off, you click them, you cut the neck, um, then you put it in an ice bath for about 30 minutes yeah, to an hour. A salty ice bath, yeah. And then you bring it back to that, the table and you process. You take all the guts out. Now that part, Victor became quite the pro at. I had no doubt his mom would have been so proud of him. <laughs> His wife was too. Yeah, right. As proud as she could get. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so tell us about how horrible, because you thought that was the worst part. Um, I, I, I honestly think good cutting the carotids is the is hardest the part. Okay. It's absolutely the worst, especially as you're holding the chicken's head and and you get it, the blood comes out. And at one point, one chicken decided that simultaneously it was going to poop on me. So that that was pretty like, oh my god, that just happened. But uh, uh, when you go to pro finally get the processing, it's a little. I mean, honestly. I dissected um, a frog uh, and a fetal pig, right, when mm -hmm. I was in high school. And it's like no different than that. The difference is that this thing is warm still, right? And that so does, yeah. That was a little bit unnerving as you go to open it up. But its simplicity of the creature helps a lot. So once you, once you create that opening and start reaching in and removing the connective tissue that's connecting all the digestive organs... Uh, most of it starts to come out, and so you have to be a little careful as to where you're cutting to make sure you don't get you're not getting any poo poo in the in the cavity. But uh, I, you know, that went pretty smoothly, and you got to get one good pull. Well, and, it's kind and of crazy out. how a chicken's built. Like you, like once you have just the body left, you like cut this little part by the belly, kind yeah. of right. There's lower like, abdomen, right? Lower abdomen. Like you cut this like two inch little part off, and then you just like kind of like use scissors to like snip the skin around. And then you reach your hand in, and when, you know, it takes a little bit because you have to figure out, like, how much force do you apply. But the biggest surprise was, like, oh, all those organs, they're all right there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's, like, weird how a body is organized. Yeah, like, yeah. Bodies I mean, are and, organized. And we're not. I mean, you pull that out, you're like, wow, this is what we have it in us as well, right? It's almost uh, a good yeah, portion. Yeah, try not to think about yeah, that yeah, yeah. too much. Yeah, it's true. How they, the the frailty of the the frail. I actually had a time to reflect, like, while well, we are really frail creatures, and at the same time, so efficient and yeah. hearty. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, absolutely. It, it was really amazing. So, all right, we don't want to bore you too long about our chicken processing, but there was um, this uh, reality to the whole thing that I think was really powerful and not that I would want to do it every day or every week or even every month. Um, but I do think it was a really valuable lesson. I definitely realized that um, I probably could step up to the plate, probably should step up to the plate, but I was very appreciative that I had my strong men around me to do that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't feel like I was trying to do that. I think there was a efficient thing. It's like, this is a skill, a life skill that I think is still valuable. And I, you know, I've gone, you know, I'm 40, what, 46, gone this long. And I'm like, you know, I, I do see myself at some point bringing down something bigger than a chicken, uh, a deer, maybe an elk someday, maybe a moose and, you know, field dressing one of those. I'm like, if I can't do a chicken, like don't, why even bother? Right. And I don't want Danny to have more work, but circle of life to me, when we were done with it, I walked by the chicken coop and I thought, it would make me feel so much better if a whole new dozen were, were going into it because then you'd feel like, okay, we're, we're cycling through. There's a rebirth. <laughs> and he's like, no. He's like, don't get me more well, chickens. Just, as the analytic one, it's definitely not cost effective. I don't know how much we exactly spent on food and time-wise, you know, but like it must have been like, 
Each chicken was like a forty dollar chicken. Or this something. is true. I, the only way is if we do it more and more often. That the amount we spent in the coop, the efficiency the, goes we, up. We time their food. Okay, you get four ounces of food today. You. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Mike's convinced Danny overfed him, but I don't think so. I think those chickens. Well, are just he was the, he was also overfed. Yeah, and then the difference—a little difference between the meat and the egg layers—they look completely different. These chickens fattened up quicker. They're more top heavy. They're generating a lot more meat on their bones. Uh, per weight, they almost look at any one point like they could tip over. Would you guys yes, agree? They, yeah, and they literally, you could see them grow. Yeah, the it's speed like, of growth. Insane. Yeah, it was unbelievable. They went from the size of your palm to, to 10 pounds probably. I think we had a 9 pound. A 9 pound chicken is, is a huge in bird. In 9 weeks of life. Like yeah. I think the oldest one was 9 weeks. Uh, overall, a pretty good experience to be able to go through growing your own food. I would highly recommend it to anyone who's looking. Don't you think you'd recommend it to anyone to, to, to that's looking to try to get into uh, growing and creating some salsa? Yeah, yeah for us, our, in retro, we'll do it again next yeah. spring, but we're going to start later because the whole issue with Montana being cold, like this is our last day of coldness, I hope, and we're on... Um, the end of May, we're yeah. this Memorial Day weekend. Now so it's finally starting. I would have waited to to get them until right now because you know, that I feel bad for Danny. That was so much work managing the cold and rain. Yeah, the there were some days, you know, you're out there for three hours in the rain trying to clean the pen while it's raining and they're screaming and you're like, oh my gosh. this. A... <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you for helping us with chickens. Thank you. I hope you have an amazing Memorial Day weekend. I'll be back on Monday with an interview 